February 10th, 2022, in Masechet Sanhedrin, and Nun Aleph Amud Bet. If you count from the top of the page, we'll go back just a few lines, 20 lines down, the third word on the line, it's Mai. The first word on the line is, on the line is Halacha. This morning's class and the classes throughout the week are donated by Sophia and Eddie Rishti in honor of the birth of a new baby boy, Mabruk. Says the Gemara, my Rabbi Ishmael, who is, what is this opinion which we mentioned earlier of Rabbi Ishmael? Rabbi Ishmael, we know his opinion, we don't know his sourcing. His opinion goes as follows. He says, an Arusa bat Kohen, a woman who's engaged and she's the daughter of a Kohen, her status in, with regards to Zenut, if she has wrongful relations, is Serefa, in contrast to a Bat Yisrael, who would get Sekila, she gets Serefa. When she's married, when she's a Nisua, in that circumstance, she gets the standard punishment like her counterpart, Bat Yisrael, of Henek. So, in short, Rabbi Ishmael goes from Serefa down to Henek when we're dealing with a Bat Kohen Shezinta. Says the Gemara de Tanya, as the Beraita, makes clear the sourcing of Rabbi Ishmael. The Pasuk says in Vayikra Perek Kafalif in Parashat Emor, Ubat Ish Kohen ki tehel liznot. The Bat Ish Kohen ki tehel, as the Gemara has made clear to us, when she does Hulin, when she brings forth the ridding of Kedushah through Zenut, through wrongful relations. Says Rabbi Ishmael commenting on this Pasuk, he says, Ben Arav hi arusah katub medaber. This is the most simple interpretation immediately in his eyes is the reference in this pasuk is to a young woman, a na'ara, before she's fully matured, and she's an arusa, she's only engaged. Where did you get that from, Rabbi Ishmael? The pasuk doesn't say that. The pasuk just says, Ubat ish kohen, ki tehel is not, the daughter of a kohen. What's the penalty for a na'ara? Does she have an obligation? Can she get the same penalty as a regular grown? Well, again, it... Or Right, so the, the Torah in Parashat Kitese, Devarim Perik Chafbet, which we're going to quote in just a moment, has specifically in the context over there, of a na'ara, ham orasa, shezinta, she gets sekila. Specifically. In other words, we're very particular about so the na'ara topic. So all the other sins that she makes when she's a na'ara are, are binding as well. For one reason or another, which we won't address right here, specifically over there, the Torah talks about na'ara. Anyway, no, of course it is. Why not? Nara just refers to her age and her maturity. Arusa refers to whether she's engaged or not. So says the Gemara over here, Bishmael says, my initial reaction to this pasuk is, it's referring to a Nara vihim orasa. Who told you that? It says, says uh, Rabbi Ishmael to himself in front of us, Perhaps I'm wrong in my assumption. Maybe this pasuk, in its most simple interpretation, as Rabbi Shimon told us in the past, as Rabbi Akiva will in just a few moments, is referring not only to a me'orasa, a woman who's engaged, but even to a woman who's married. Bat ish kohen is a reference to any bat ish kohen. Doesn't matter whether she's married or engaged, engaged or married. Talmud Omar says Rabbi Shimon, well, you have to look at the pasuk in Devarim Perekaf, Isha Sheyinaf et Eshet Re'ehu, Mot. Yumat, Hanoef, Vehanoafet. 
Pasuk in a very general sense, as any man and woman who have wrongful relations, motyumat, the understanding of motyumat, when the Torah mentions just death without appending the type of death to it, without uh, making clear to us, it's a reference to hanik, which means to say the standard circumstance of wrongful relations is hanik. Hakol hayu bichlal In other words, says Rabbi Ishmael, we need to take a step back. I have this pasuk, which I revealed to you initially. It's a detailed pasuk by a batish kohen. Leave that on the side for a moment. Let me take a big, giant step back and refer you to the general punishment, the first general statement in the Torah. Wrongful relations is hanif. Says Rabbi Ishmael, that's what we're going to refer to as the kelal. That's the general rule. The general rule is punishment for wrongful relations is hanik. Well, that being the case, we then have one exception. The first exception, for our purposes, is in Devarim Perekafbet, in Parashat Kitesa, we were referring to just a moment ago. Over there, the Torah says a woman who has wrongful relations gets not hanik, but sikila, she gets stoned. So again, if you're envisioning the way we're structuring this on the board in front of us, it goes like this. It's a large circle. That large circle is the general principle. The general principle is wrongful relations. Zenut is hanik. Then I have something to the side. The something to the side is a bat Yisrael sometimes gets a different punishment. What's that? A bat Yisrael sometimes gets sekila. Do you have any details as to when that is? Certainly the Torah says na'ara vihime orasa. Says specifically a na'aram orasa. Great. I have another exception. Oh, that's where we began this whole mess. I have another exception, and that's a bat ishkohen. Bat ishkohen, what's the punishment over there? Serefa. Do you have details as to when that is applicable? Well, no, the Torah just says ubat ishkohen. Well, says Rabbi Ishmael, well, let's, let's just do this logically over here. I have a principle. I have one exception to the rule. I have another exception to the rule. One exception to the rule has all the details made clear. What are the details? That she's an engaged young woman. But now I can tell you the Bat Ishkohen as well. At the very least, I know she's engaged as opposed to married. That's the Derashah Rabbi Ishmael. What happens when she's married? When she's married, she goes back into the principle, into the large circle in the middle of the board. Says the Gemara over here again, Bishmael, Hosiakatuv. On the one hand, the Pasuk takes us from that larger general circle to tell you, Bat Yisrael Biskila. Furthermore, it tells you, Bat Kohen Bisrefa, and Vayikra Perekafalef. Makeshosiakatuvet Bat Yisrael Biskila, Arusa Velonesua. On the one hand, where the Torah, in the one place where it makes clear to me the details, the specifics, that's by Bat, Is- Bat Israel, the Bat Israel specifically when she's Meorasa. That much we established yesterday. Again, those are the mechanics of Rabbi Ishmael. It's a deduction in, in rabbinic terminology known as a mamasinu or mahasad. What the Gemara, what Rabbi Ishmael is doing is he says, listen, I have two similar circumstances. Let me notice the details in one and apply them because I have no reason not to in the other. Why are these two cases similar? They're both the exceptions to the rule. What's the rule? Henek for Zenut. What's the first exception? Sikila by Bat Yisrael. What's the second one? Serefai by Bat Kohen. Do I have any details aside for punishment and uh, lineage? Certainly. I know by Bat Yisrael it's talking about when she's specifically engaged. 
that's the case. I know that by Bat Kohen as well. What happens when she's married? The same thing that happens to Bat Yisrael when she's married. What's the punishment? Henek. That's Rabbi Ishmael's opinion. Rabbi Ishmael concludes his opinion with something not directly related, but uh, tangentially related. Mm-hmm. So that's the last statement over here. You should know, Bo'ala, Bo'ala refers to the man who has relations with this Batish Kohen. And Zomimea are those false conspiring witnesses who are caught. They testified, this woman, if it were the circumstance, that she, they testified she had wrongful relations, this Bat Kohen, with that man. They're caught to be conspiring witnesses. We, we displace them on that day. Two other witnesses come. They're known as Edim Zomimim. What's the halakha in such a circumstance? The Torah tells us in Sefer Devarim as well. What punishment? On the one hand, they're testifying about this woman, Batish Kohen. Let's assume she's an Arusa for Rabbi Ishmael's purposes, that she gets Serefa. The man who, about whom they're testifying as well gets Sikila. Well, that's two separate punishments. How are you going to treat these Eidim Zomimim? Says the last statement here in the Beraita of Rabbi Ishmael, something. And the Beraita isn't clear at all. Says the Beraita, in its concluding words, you should know the Zomimim, those who conspire, and the men who has relations with her, well, they're all under the principle of you should do to them as they conspire to do. What? What does the guy who had relations with her have to do with cons- conspiracy? He had relations with her. Read the words. Bo'ala, it's just very cryptic. Bo'ala and Zomimea, Bichlal, they're all a part of it. The Gemara has no idea what those words mean. Of course, it says Teddy, the direction over here is, you have to figure, it can't be Hanek. There's no Hanek over here. It's either Sikila or Serifa. I mean, you're in some direction over here where you have to figure out what the punishment is. And obviously, if we decode what Rabbi Ishmael means over here, that's what he's referring to. So Tari already knows what the Gemara is referring to over here. I mean, before we break it down inside, just say, so you know, at the onset, it goes like this. Whatever the punishment of the Bo'ala, the man who has relations with her, is, and that's Sikila, we learned that from Devarim Perekaf Bet, that the same punishment of the woman who's Batish Israel and the man who's having relations with her is Sikila. So too, the man who has relations with the Bat Kohen is Sikila. It means that the Aidim Zomimim, who are testifying really about two people, the woman and the man, two punishments. Punishment, What's their punishment? The punishment of Bo'ala. Okay, it'll take us a few minutes to explain that that's what it means. Again, the statement of Rabbi Ishmael then goes like this. The punishment of the Idim Zomimim is determined by the man as opposed to the woman. Oh, that's, that's what the punchline is going to be, but it's not what it says. Certainly not at first glance. It says the Gemara, Bo'ala, the man who has relations with her, What conspiracy punishment are you dealing with? Ela, rather, says the Gemara, it must be that Rabbi Ishmael's final statement over here means the following. Zomimeha biklal mitat bo'ala. The zomimim, those conspiring witnesses, their punishment is included in that of the one whom they conspired about. Who's that? There's a man and a woman. The man. Why so? Mishum le'ahiv Pasuk says, you do to them as they conspire to do, to their brother and not to their sister, meaning in this circumstance where there's a brother and a sister, so to speak, where there's the man and the woman, whose punishment are they receiving? The man. 
The interesting thing is, just a daf ago, an amud and a half ago, we had a different terasha. Pasuk girl, the pasuk, the same statement, same halacha, we had from et avia, he mehalelet ba'esh tisaref. She, means the punishment goes for her as opposed to anyone else. Teddy at the time, it's good he's here again. Teddy at the time said, what about We have two separate derashot which really teach the same thing. Tosafot struggles with that on the right hand side of the page, but for our purposes, same halacha, two separate derashot. Tosafot has that they complement one another. It was necessary for both of them to be mentioned. But that all being the case, the most primary, the most important issue for our, for our discussion here is the first discussion, the first statement. The Bishmael's opinion that, and his derasha for, that an arusa bat kohen gets serefa, a nesua bat kohen gets henek. Says the Gemara, you should know, Rabbi Ishmael, we were expecting it, we know lots of opinions. He was challenged in his time period by his contemporary, Rabbi Akiva. Says the Gemara, okay, this is all divrer Rabbi Ishmael. Rabbi Akiva Omer, Rabbi Akiva disagreed with him. He turns to Rabbi Ishmael and he says, no, not so. Ahat arusa, ahat nesua, yaseta lisrefa. As Morris has pointed out to us more than once, that Peshat and Pesukim, or at least to me more than once, the Peshat and Pesukim is both Nesua and Arusa. Pasuk says, Ubat Ish Kohen. Uh, you have to get fancy and, and do this uh, big circle in the middle and the exceptions to it and so forth in order to distinguish. I mean, you might have logical distinctions, but the Pasuk says, Ubat Ish Kohen which seems to be inclusive of all women who are born into the kihuna. Well, that being the case, says Rabbi Akiva, that's exactly the halacha, whether she's an arusa or she's an iswa, the halacha, she gets serifat. Then says the, says the, says the beraita for Rabbi Akiva, I, I, I'm walking you into it, Morris. Uh, uh, what about even if she's single? If you just told me, but ish kohen, it's all women who are born into keuna. So why are you distinguishing? You told me don't distinguish. Arusan as well, all the same thing. Maybe even if she's not married, neemar kanaviyah, neemar lehalan aviyah, malehalam zenut. The word aviha is used in many places in the Torah, but two specific places that are linked to one another. One is Vayikra Perekaf Aleph, and the other is Devarim Perekaf Bet. Vayikra Perekaf Aleph, et aviahim mehalelet. What's the context over there? Batish Kohen. Aviha in Devarim Perekaf Bet is by the Na'aram Orasa. But Israel, who has relations over there, explicitly, what does the Torah tell me? What type of woman am I dealing with? An engaged woman, says Rabbi, says Rabbi Akiva. I can extend this bat ish kohen punishment to when she's married. I can't extend it backward to when she's single. When she's single, she doesn't have that punishment of serefa. Single has a regular normal status as opposed to arusa when it's already bizikatabal. It makes a lot of sense as well. We call it zenut more so when she's linked up to a man. That's the word zikatabal. If she's not linked up to a man, certainly a wrongful, egregious activity, but you can't call it, for all intents and purposes, a betrayal. She's not married to someone in order to betray them. As a result, Rabbi Akiva's opinion, in contrast to Rabbi Ishmael, is that both an Arusa and an Isu'a Bat Yisrael, as opposed to a Pinuya Bat Kohen, excuse me, get Serifa, says the Gemara. Fantastic question. Different than Zenut? 
different than Zenut, because she's a penuya. But you're right, penuya baal esh. But but a married man is it's not no 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 not not arayot in such a circumstance. No only an no only an eshetish. It's only a woman if she's married with a with a single man. Uh, we we treat her as a penuya. Standard case like what we're talking about. Liznot. Uh, how would you translate zenot? What's the shodosh? Lewdness, of course. Where he wants. He wants help with that. He wants to, uh, you know, how, how do you, where else do you have this word and what directions to bring him? Absolutely. I, I think he wants more than that. I mean, I, anyway, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't. So there is, there is a, to be certain, several discussions in the Gemara. One in Perekabali Vimto, in Masechet Yivamot. Elsewhere, later in Masechet Sanhedrin as well, there is a long and broad debate about how and when and to what extent we define an act of sexuality as zenut, as an act of sexuality. Does there need to be a penetration? It's what you call hachnasat atara. Or could it even be nishika, which means a stage beforehand? There's a discussion about how to define each of these. Does there need to be hosa'at zera? In other words, anything and everything is, is fair game with regards to that question, um, because there is an opinion for each. Anyway, but that being the case, I mean, well... Illicit relations, any kind of illicit relationship right. between a man and a Right, Mara. So you've defined, you've you've decided what illicit relations are. I mean, yeah. All right. Well, in, inshallah, we we have plenty of conversations to go on these matters. Says the Gemara, Amar le Rabbi Amar lo. It's a Mishnah, but I taught Amar. That's, that's it. I got you going. All right. That's it. We should have just learned that. Anyway, Amarlo Rabbi Ishmael, uh, you know, I don't know. I thought killing would be exciting. Maybe it's just uh, for some time already. Amarlo Rabbi Ishmael, Imalehala Na'aravihi Arusa, Afkan Na'aravihi Arusa, turns Rabbi Ishmael to Rabbi Akivan and says, Listen, I don't really understand your derasha. You told me that you read the, t- the statement in Vaikra quite simply, and you told me quite simply means both Arusa and even Nesua. Got it. Then I asked you, or you asked yourself, what about a pinuya? You had the Morris question. You said, no, 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 over there, we attach ourselves to the verse later on by Bat Yisrael. Beautiful. And therefore, not a pinuya, not when she's single. But by the Bat Yisrael, the reference is to a woman who's engaged. So you should be falling out like me, that the punishment of Serefa is only when engaged. If you're willing in any way, shape, or form to attach yourself to say that there's some connection between the Bat Yisrael and the Bat Kohen, so it's an all or nothing uh, proposal over here. Either you're excluding Penuya and Nesua, or you're including everything. How did you, I don't know, hold this, and, and how were you able to apply yourself on the one and too inclusive to Nisua, while at the same time saying, but not Pinuya because it's like Bat Yisrael can't be. Amad Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva responds to Bishman says, Ahi, my brother, are you serious? Bat, Ubat Ani Doresh. I have an extra Vav. We mentioned this earlier on the bottom of Dafnun Amud Bet. Rabbi Akiva's Derasha is willing to a Vav Yetera, that extra Vav, Ubat Ish Kohen It's coming to include not only Arusa, but even Nesua, I'm, I'm, I'm utterly confused, Rabbi Akiva. You're either being fully inclusive or fully exclusive. You're telling me, compare it to Bat Yisrael and therefore exclude 
Penuyah, uh, well, if that's the case, we should exclude Nisua as well. No, you have the Vav of Ubat Kohen to include Nisua. Well, once you're including Nisua, you should include Penuyah as well. Amar lo, says Rabbi Ishmael, back to Rabbi Akiva, v'chim mipnesh atadoresh, bat ubat, noci zoli srefa. Are you telling me the extra vav turns this circumstance into a nisua who goes to get burnt? Im mashmale habiyat nisua habiyat pinuya v'mashmale oziyat pinuya hosiyat nisua. It's one or the other. Claims Rabbi Shmuel. If your understanding is the aviha word links me up to Bat Israel to exclude. Should be fully exclusive, only Arusa. If the Nisua, if the Vav brings in Nisua to be inclusive, it should be inclusive of Pinuya as well. Says the Gemara, they're not talking to one another. Rabbi Ishmael doesn't understand the Akiva. Either the Akiva wasn't clear to him, or Rabbi Ishmael didn't understand it. Whatever it is, says the Gemara, Rabbi Ishmael, Savar, Amar le Ubat Ubat, Shemamina Hadar be Megezera Shava. Says the Gemara, excuse me, I skipped a little bit. Says the Gemara, there was a miscommunication over here. It worked like this. I walk into the class and I state, I read the Pasuk from Vayikra, Perekaf Alf, and I say, Ubat Ish Kohen Kite Gentlemen, what's it talking about? Let's dissect this. Uh, I, I begin the class and I say, well, I'm, I'll tell you that it doesn't mean a, uh, a, a single woman. How do you know it doesn't mean a single woman? So I begin the class and I tell you because I link it up. I have a tradition. Fantastic. So now you know it doesn't mean a single woman. Raises Morris's hand and says, once it doesn't mean a single woman, it doesn't mean Nesua either. As I'm in the middle of answering that question, Rabbi Ishmael walks into the class. I'm planning to be occupied. I say, you're right, Mars. Let me explain that to you. I also have an inclusive way over here, and that's with the Vav of Ubat Ishkohen. Rabbi Ishmael walks into the class. One second, Rabbi. I don't understand what you're talking about. Are you telling me Ubat Ishkohen is inclusive? Well, if it's inclusive, then it should include as well the Pinuyat. In other words, Rabbi Ishmael's understanding is that Rabbi Akiva's response to him earlier when Rabbi Akiva said to him, really, I'm Doresh, but Ubat is a statement of Hadar. He retracted his initial Gezer Shavah, in which he had an exclusive statement of Nada Pinuyah, when in reality they were not mutual. He has them both as one. They complement to a certain extent one another. He has on the one hand an exclusive statement from Sefer Devarim to tell you Nada Pinuyah, and he has an inclusive statement from the context right there in Vayikra Per Kaf Aleph, and they don't negate each other. It's a hard sell, but ultimately speaking, the Gemara says that's to be Akiva. Cell. Rabbi Ishmael thinks it's one or the other. He didn't realize that Rabbi Akiva was able to accept both. And that's why he has claims against him. All right, well, that's what it is here in our Gemara. A mahloket, ultimately speaking, between Rabbi Ishmael and Rabbi Akiva about one matter. What's the status of a nisu'ah bat kohen? Says the Gemara, well, let's just uh, clean up everything. Let's just finish this conversation for once and for all, Rabbi Ishmael, hai bat ubat my darishbe. So Rabbi Ishmael, we just heard Rabbi Akiva has that vav, the extra vav, and, and it's coming to be inclusive. And what? You didn't need to mention and. You should have just said a daughter of a Kohen. And uh, it's coming to include a married woman. She also gets serifa. Rabbi Ishmael, you clearly weren't learning it that way. So of course Rabbi Ishmael could say, I don't 
I don't, uh, sometimes the Gemara says, La Mashmale, he wasn't interested, uh, the extra Vav wasn't something, Sometimes the Gemara will say that, you know, sometimes people start sentences, even today. And then I was, what do you mean, and then? I was just in the middle of a sentence, we weren't in the middle of a sentence, what's and? All right, but sometimes uh, we, we would ask, what do you mean, and? Weren't you saying something before? And Rabbi Ishmael is willing to, and the Gemara assumes will, be Doresh that Vav as well, but it can't be for Nisua, he told us explicitly, it's not so high, but but my darishpe answers the Gemara mi ba'ele lechtetane avuha dishmuel bar avin avuhi dishmuel bar avin lefish matzino shechilek katub bizcharim ben timimim leba'ale mumim yachol nachalok bibnotehem. On the one hand, we find in the Torah, the Torah is explicit that with regards to Avodah and the Mikdash, there's a difference between, and the Mishkan, there's a difference between Ba'ale Mumim and Timimim when it comes to males. Male Kohanim can only worship service in the Mishkan if they are Timimim. What's Timimim? They don't have blemishes. There's many definitions to what a blemish specifically is. The Torah helps us with it. And the Hachamim elaborate further. If they're Ba'ale Mumim, they're Pesudim La'avodah for one reason or another to be discussed and dis- developed on another occasion, but uh, more than anything, mysterious reason. It's very difficult to understand that they have a Mum, so therefore they're invalidated for the Avodah. But that's the Halakha. Well, that all being the case, perhaps with regards to the women as well, the way Rashi reads it, if they're the daughter of a Baal Mum, their father was invalid for the Mishkan. He's a Kohen. Is the woman now on the stature, status of Kehuna to the extent that she would get Serefaf? She has wrongful relations. Indeed, he's also still Asur Bitumah. Hang on to that thought for just he doesn't have Avodah. Alternatively, the way Rabbeinu Hananel understands it is the father is Tamim. There's never a question about him. The daughter is a Ba'alat Mum. She has a blemish. Does she therefore have a status in this circumstance as such? She's like a Ba'atisrael. She's not fully like a Ba'atisrael. She would still eat Terumah. But nonetheless, maybe a Taviyah, he mehalelet would not apply to her. Talmud Loma, that's the Derasha over here. Ubat, Ubat. So the Derasha is Bat, Ubat. The Akshavav tells you, this woman, the inclusivity of this woman is at all extents, even if she's either the daughter of a Ba'almum or she herself is a Ba'alatmum. Akiva, where do you have this dirasha? Do you accept such a halakha? Is a woman who is either born to a maimed individual, Kohen, or she herself is maimed, crippled in some way, are they therefore, is she therefore not in the status of Ubat Ish Kohen for the punishment severity of Serefa? Mi vehem makrivi. You see the pasuk over there uh, as well in Parashat Emor, right? The pasuk says, Kedoshim It begins and it says, The Kohanim are Kadosh. Of course they are, they have a statue of Kedushah. But then the pasuk says at the end, They should be careful not to rid or diminish that Kedushah. And because after all, they're involved in the context of the Mikdash. And then lastly, the Hayu Kodesh. What's the Hayu Kodesh? Kedoshim Yiyu. There's a redundancy. They should be Kadosh, should be holy, spiritual, separate, define it accordingly. The Hayu Kodesh? That redundancy, although, of course, it's a way of speech, but the Torah's redundancy over here raises eyebrows, says, says the Gemara. That's what Rabbi Akiva derives from there. The Pasuk starts with Kedoshim Yihyu, and then it reminds you, it assures you, 
Don't think because they are maimed, because they're ba'alei mumim, because their daughter will have a different status. Don't think their daughter, who's a ba'alat mum, will have a different status. The Kedushah maintains to a certain extent. It's true they won't work in the Mikdash, the Mishkan will be off limits for them in terms of avodah, but the status of the family, the status of this woman, will remain. Ping pong match. Now needs to respond. Tennis match, I'm sorry, Mars. Says the Gemara, explaining Rabbi Ishmael's opinion, says Rabbi Ishmael, Vahayu Kodesh would be a derasha to teach me about the Kohen, perhaps. Again, Kedoshim Yehiyu, Vahayu Kodesh is coming to tell you, don't think that the Kohen now can go into a cemetery. Don't think that now the Kohen is Mutabatumah because he's a Baal Mum. Vahayu Kodesh is not a statement about the woman, it's rather a statement about the man. So in turn, says Rabbi Akiva, your derashav, Hem Akrivim Vahayu Kodesh, is not open for me for a derashah. I needed to understand it for the male. Virbi Ishmael, hi, et avia. We're almost done. The derashot are coming to an end over here. After all, says the Gemara, the Rabbi Ishmael that we know and love, over the course of our derashot today, never utilized, never needed a significance to those words. Ishmael, after all, derived his opinion that only an arusa gets serefa, but not an eswa from the fact that hakolayu bichlau v'yasa bat Yisrael ubat kohen and mamatzinu. He logically deduced. He said, "Let's look at the exceptions to the rule and compare them and assume a certain equivalency between the two and understand, therefore, that they're both talking about arusa." Rabbi Akiva is the one who linked up to the words. Et avia, he used that gezerah shava. Well, after all, those words, those extra words, et avia, he mehalelit. Is there something, Rabbi Ishmael, that you derive from those words? My darish be mi ba'ele, says the Gemara, indeed, he would need those words. They would teach him and teach us. Lichtetanya, the following beraita, which records the opinion of Rabbi Meir, Hayar Rabbi Meir Omer, Matamud Omar et avia, he mehalelit. Shim hayu nohagim bo kodesh, nohagim bo hol. Kabod no hagimbo bizayon. Omrim arur shezo yalad, arur shezo gidel, arur sheyasa zo mehalasav. The derasha over here goes as follows This woman who has done wrong. Etaviahi mehalelet is a statement not only about a reality, but about a practice that we, so to speak, should or can put into motion. How so? The statement is that we, looking at the father of this daughter, I mean, it's a very tragic and, and sobering thought, but the statement is this woman who wrongfully had wrongful relations, we now look back at the father and we say, in the past we gave you a certain kedushah status. We gave you a certain kabod status. How so? Well, the Torah says as well, v'kiddashto, it's pasuk we just read. You should give him sanctity. What's v'kiddashto? The halacha is, uh, it's a little less applicable today for other reasons, but even today we certainly try and are steadfast on this. The Kohen gets the first Aliyah. The Kohen gets the Zimun when you're in a group of people. For what reason? He gets first status. He's Rishon the Chodavash Bikdusha. Well, that being the case, what about this Kohen whose daughter, he's scot free, quote unquote. His daughter, look what she did. The Derasha in turn of Rabbi Meir is she impacts him. If you had Kedushah that you gave to him, he loses it. Kabod that you gave to him, he loses it. Uh, furthermore, how so? We would say things like this. 
you're not commanded to say this, but we would say things like this. Arur, cursed, look how terrible. Shizo Yalad, that this fellow gave birth to that one. Arur, Shizo Gidel, look at who he raised, how cursed is he. Arur, Shizo Yalad, look at this one who came out of, his, uh, out of his loins. Look at this woman and look at the father. It reflects backly on her. What's that? He is the father. We do have put a certain onus of responsibility on the father. What can I tell you? Why is it different than Israel? 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 No, but the status, the statute didn't begin with the Kiddushah. So you're at such a high level, this shouldn't happen to you. Yeah. Eliakuen, you see it. Eliakuen is punished not only his children, but the descendants as well. Uh, we did even worse to him. I mean, the, 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 I mean, you know, look, look at what happens to his descendants. That in the, uh, indeed, indeed, indeed. That's a, I, I'm not 100% sure. I'm not sure of the status in general. I'm not certain that she starts as part of the kihuna. In other words, she's not a, a genetic bat uh, kohen. As a result, I don't think she's eating tiruma at all. But she's not born to a kohen. So even though she's stepped, she's not, eating, she's not born to a kohen. But, but needs, uh, I, I need to review that. In my mind, it, it would be... You're a step before. You're on the step after. What's well, the statue? If she, the question is the first step in terms of her viability to tirumah. If I remember correctly, the halacha is that she's not eating tirumah to begin with because we, because we look at her biological father. Says the Gemara, Amar Ravashe, concluding this thought, says, Keman Karinan, following whose opinion is it that we say, that we refer to as a Rishi'aba Rishi'an? So sometimes you refer to that person as a wicked person, the son of a wicked person. You knew his father? His father was a Sadiq. His father was the greatest guy, but he's a wicked. And it says the reference that, why do we do that? Why do we refer, I don't know that people do that today, but why do we refer to a Rishaim as a Rasha' Barasha? Why is he Barasha? And even when we're dealing with a wicked person who's born to, quote-unquote, an objective righteous father. How, how come you refer to him? How come we refer to him? Says the Gemara, says Ravashe, as a Rasha, bar, son of Rasha, keman ki haitana. Says, says Ravashe, we must be following Rabbi Meir. And the statement in turn is, and yes, it's a jarring statement that the apple uh, doesn't far, fall too far from the tree, and as a result, we pe- peg it back and we blame or we put some of the responsibility on the father. But the father's a good guy. Look at all his involvement. This is far from being simple. And it, to the extent that it's far from being simple, the Gemara concludes with Rabbi Sheh, who says, you know whose opinion we're following? It's Rabbi Meir. This is not everybody's opinion. It's Rabbi Meir's opinion. That's clear. The Gemara is not having this as an unequivocal, everyone agrees to statement, but it is a statement. And it is very much the debate and the discussion of nurture versus nature. Uh, is this something that's inborn to the person? They have the tendencies. Is it their society? Or is it the society built by the parents and the home within which they were raised? certainly questions that need to be and will be forever discussed and developed. Let's finish the Gemara because it's just a few lines very briefly. If you recall, the last line in the Mishnah, the Mishnah had nothing to do with Sikilah. Our first Mishnah in the Perik talked about the Arba Mitot Betin, the proper order in terms of severity, the Mahloka Hachamim Bishimon. And then the Mishnah finished with the following words, Zo Mitzvah Niskalin. This is the way of, these are the commands of Niskalin, of those who were stoned. Those, what does it have to do with those who 
who are stoned. I explained it to you. We'll read it in the Gemara now. When we learned the Mishnah, I explained to you. Those are concluding words, really, to what we learned in last Pedic. Last Pedic were, if you recall, the laws of Sekilah. That's what we dealt with. How they would do it, how they would finish the judgment, how they bring the person, how they would stone, and so forth. The Mishnah then concludes and says, I know I took a brief, a brief interlude to describe to you, The next Mishnah, if you look just three lines down, you'll see, Matnitin, it says, The next statement will be about those who get burnt in Beitin. So those concluding words the Gemara will say, although they seem out of place, they're really capping last chapter where we dealt with Niskalin and we now segue into Nisrafim Sekila. And then Serefa Maitana says the Gemara, Maitana, what did we teach the Katane Zomitzvata Niskalin? What was taught in our Mishnah that had anything to do with Sekila? Answers the Gemara Mishum Detana, because after all we taught in Mishnah on the last Perek, Nigmar Hadin, Mosin Otole Sakilo, Beta Sekila, Hayagavosh, Etekomot, if you recall, Nigmar Hadin, that was the name of last chapter, when the deen was finished, when they finished deliberating, they would take the individual out, remember? And if there was limud zechut, we would speak about it, and then they would bring him into the tower, and then they, all those things were described in the last period. Now, the idea, the kaba'e lemitna mitzvat hanisrafim, idea means, and since, kaba'e means, and we want to, we need to now teach the next Mishnah, which is about serefa, tananamez, o mitzvat hanisgalim. So that reason we now finish the last Mishnah with, zo mitzvat hanisgalim, and the next one will begin with, zo mitzvat why do we have the interlude? The reason I believe, although there's no simple answer, the interlude of Arba Mitot Betim was to tell you, well, we started with Sekilah, and now we're going to go to Serefa. By the way, I'll tell you why. Sekilah was the more Hamur. That's why we started with that one. And only then will we go to Serefa. If I, quote, unquote, but I'm not, and I can't get into the head, if it was me, I would start with Arba Mitot Betim, tell you the severity, then do Sekilah and then Serefa. He did it the way he did it because he did so. Baruch Adonai Amen ve Amen.